Her Sports AAL Rugby Show, brought to you by Energia. Think of the possibilities. Hello and welcome to this episode of Her Sports AAL Rugby Show, brought to you in association with Energia. Think of the possibilities. You can catch up on this episode and every episode in the series on YouTube and our social channels or listen to the podcast on every podcast app. Today we'll be discussing the league as it stands, the rise of Wicklow RFC and the developments on an international scale, which is of course the introduction of contracted players here in Ireland. I'm once again joined in studio by former Irish international player Hannah Tyrrell. Hannah, I'd just like to start with, I suppose, a sort of throwback of what the AIL looked like at this point last year, in particular for one team, Wicklow or FC. So you often see people referring in the headlines, what's in the news to see what's been happening. But if we look back at what was happening one year ago, some of the headlines I think are very different than what we see today. So from the Wicklow paper Bray People back in October 2020, they headlined with steep learning curve continues for Wicklow. In the independent one year on, so October 2021, the headline was women's AIL players leave social media after abuse after big win. So that was after a big scoreline against Wicklow from Railway Union. And then the Irish Times at the same time led with the plight of the newly promoted Wicklow RFC. One year on from this, we're seeing them in a very different position, aren't we? Yeah, look, I've been really, really impressed by Wicklow the last couple of weeks. Um, they're on a three-game win streak now, um, coming out around seven. And, you know, they're up to fourth in the table. And it's been a huge turnaround. We talk about last year. And unfortunately, their very first year in the Energy AIL. And I suppose it took them a little while to come to terms with um, the structure of the league, but also just the physicality and the tempo that's needed and required at, at this level. Um, you know that railway game I'm sure will hurt them for a very long time railway put over 100 points on them um, you know and they they suffered a couple of heavy defeats against uh, the likes of Belvon Blackrock as well last year but they've really found their feet this year you know they had a tough couple of uh, games early on in the season but as I said a three-game win streak you know they had a very very good win against uh, Galwegians at the weekend and you know the having been down at their club and played against them and um, they have a great setup down in uh, their home club down in Wicklow and they have great support and their underage structures are in the right way and Jason Morton has that team just flying. They're full of confidence. They have a really good mix of some veterans like Neveny Drumma um, and then some really talented players like the Roberts sisters, uh, Beth and Ella. And we see Beth there in the points leaderboard and obviously she is so young. What do you think it means for those players? I suppose her starting out, she would have been 18, 19 last year with the defeats and now she's seeing the success of the club. Yeah, like I said, they've kind of got their the experience of playing in the AL and they know what's needed uh, to be a good side and, and to chalk out some wins. And they'll have learned from those defeats last year. And I suppose that's all you can ask from these young teams is, you know, can they improve upon their mistakes, can they get better bit by bit and show in the next game that they're actually a decent uh, and well-coached side with some really good players in there. And, you know, Beth and Ella Roberts are one of, I think, five sisters that mm -hmm. play in, um, in Wicklow RFC, which is great to see those family connections. But uh, Beth's been a great kicker for them. Um, and, you know, her, her left boot has kind of kept them in and won games from them at times. And, you know, they're only going to be delighted and they'll take this confidence into, into next week's game and, you know, hope they can 
try and, and get a, a semi-final spot that's up for grabs there this year. And you mentioned there that there are four in the table. Can you tell us what that table looks like at the moment? Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's been all changed <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Um, Old Belvedere, who had been sitting pretty at the top undefeated um, after round five, have unfortunately <coughs> suffered two defeats in a row. Uh, first to Black Rock um, and, and then to Railway most recently this weekend. So Railway have taken top spot in the lead um, with uh, six games played and Black Rock not too far behind them with Belvedere in third and um, Galwegians up in fourth there. Or, sorry, my apologies. Wicklow up in fourth after leapfrogging Galwegians um, after this weekend. And unfortunately, Ballancollig and Cook are really struggling at the bottom end of the mm -hmm. table and just can't quite get a win under their belt and um, yeah they've a, a still a couple of tough games to come so you know for them it's just can we finish out the season on a positive note and, and can we try and improve for next season. And that Wicklow and Galwegians game very close in the end what did you make of it? Yeah so look a 16-14 win to mm -hmm. Wicklow um, I think it's the beauty of sport Galwegians were winning for most of the game thanks to a couple of tries um, Mairead Coyne getting in on the action uh, but Megan Parkinson stepped up for Wicklow with an intercept um, towards the end of the game and, and won it for them with Roberts uh, scoring the conversion to win the game and it was a really great game tit for tat, uh, Galwegians were missing um, Nicole Fowley obviously a big loss for them but mm -hmm. Mary Healy is, is fully back from her injury now and starting for them and doing really well but yeah, it's just it's the beauty of sport that you know just because you're winning all game doesn't mean you're actually going to win the game and dominate. But Wicklow hung in there. That's some really good defence, really good turnovers, and I felt they were uh, worth their win. And then UL Bows and Setonians, a forty-three-five win for Bows. What do you think of that? Would Setonians be disappointed with that, or was it expected? Yeah, similar to Galwegians. Like Galwegians would have been very disappointed with that result. Mm -hmm. They definitely would have thought that they'd get a win over. Uh, Wicklow to uh, cement their place uh, particularly in because they've been doing so and they've well been doing really well and mm -hmm. I'd highlighted them previously that they'd played really well and I mm -hmm. thought they might challenge a couple of those uh, kind of top three teams in Belva and Black Rock but um, they've kind of fallen it's like they took their eye off off the ball a little bit and Suttonians so unfortunately has been another uh, team who I thought played really really well love to play some high tempo offloading games um, and unfortunately they just they couldn't get a win you know, look, we know the quality of UL Bows have had in previous years. They're steeped in history of the women's game. You know, and there's some great players like Fiona Reedy. They're obviously led by Neve Briggs, the new uh, Munster women's senior coach. Um, and they seem to have just had a bit of a revival the last couple of weeks. And they'd really, really suffered the first couple of weeks, got a couple of heavy defeats in there and a couple of unexpected defeats. But uh, Nicole Cronin is back from injury to captain the side and lead them from 10 and she did just that at the weekend with a couple of side and breaks and setting people off for offloads and I think it was a really good game to watch because uh, weather wasn't really great but both those teams like to play high tempo quick tap games high energy with lots of offloads and um, but unfortunately for Setonians not a lot of those offloads mm -hmm. uh, I suppose fell for them and and Nicole Cronin was kind of running the show for for um UL Bows the weekend, Claude O'Halloran getting in a couple of tries. I was really impressed with their line-out mall and their scrum set piece that really set them up uh, on their dangerous attack. But um, so Tony has been really disappointed. Stephen Costello has had that team playing really good rugby and they just couldn't really get into gear and, and show what they were made of at the weekend. 
And another team probably disappointed as well as you, I'd imagine. You mentioned there, Old Belvo, a very tight game against Railway. Yeah, look, um, I think Old Belvo will be kicking themselves after that game. Um, you know, we always knew this was going to be a tough one and I always knew with Old Belvedere that, you know, we were really going to see what they were made of when they came up against the likes of Blackrock and, and Railway and this was where we would really see the league start to take shape. Um, so Belvedere obviously lost to Blackrock uh, in round six. Very disappointing. Never really got a foothold in that game properly um, despite the, the best efforts of Jenny Murphy. Um, but this weekend against Railway, really, really tight game and Railway managed to snatch it at the death. And it's always been a really uh, tightly contested game. Uh, speaking to Aoife Doyle before the game, you know, she knew it was going to be a tough battle. Um, unfortunately, Old Belvedere were missing Jenny Murphy this weekend, but Dervin and I thought stepped up brilliantly. But I was so, so impressed by Dan O'Brien um, at 10. She kicked a couple of penalties. Um, but Railway just, just have so many resources and so many players available to them that have huge quality. Lindsay Pete's still doing it, uh, as she has done for years um, for Railway. Karen Rodreira got her sixth try of the season again to make her one of the top scorers uh, in the league and they just have that unbelievable amount of depth and experience to be able to draw upon Nikki Cahy you know back to her best as well along with Captain Eve Byrne and they they just managed to work their way in keep possession despite Obelvedere's best uh, intentions Obelvedere had a knock-on on the try line mm -hmm. and a missed penalty and a missed conversion which would have easily won them the game but Railway went down the other end uh, in the death and, and unfortunately took the spoils on that one, uh, despite being uh, being behind for most of the game. Mm -hmm. But they're the champions and there's a reason why they're the champions and, and they have been in positions like that before and they knew what they had to do to get the win and they did just that. And I just think Johnny Garth and Tanya Rosser, who've been working so well for Old Belvedere, would be really, really going back to the drawing board now after you know such a great start to have two losses on the bounce against... You could rivals. say they got lucky at the start with their with the teams they were up against, maybe. You could say maybe the fixture list helped them a little bit, mm -hmm. but I genuinely think they had the quality to beat Railway at the weekend, you know, um, and unfortunately they just couldn't they couldn't get themselves over the line, you know, and Belvedere will go back to the drawing board and go, Do you know what, if we want to go and win this league we're gonna have to beat one of those two teams, if not both, and you know, I think they have the quality and they really are well capable of it. It's just now, can they actually physically go out and do it? And then the last fixture from the weekend, 71-7 for Blackrock and Ballincollig. We've seen similar headlines with Wicklow a year ago. It is just the start for this team, but what do you think of that scoreline? Yeah, look, uh, it's probably no surprise again. Um, Blackrock playing really good rugby this year. Another team who have a wealth of talent at their disposal, you know. Seven's players have gone back, so the likes of uh, Baden Parsons is no longer available to them, but they're still able to call on many former Seven's players as well as many Irish internationals. So they had the likes of uh, Maeve O'Goleary and Hannah O'Connor making their first appearances for the season. You know, to be able to have them coming in in round seven for the first time, mm -hmm. you know, and make a huge impact, both of them scored two tries. It's incredible, and it's so unfortunate and Ballancolig, you know, who are team trying to pick themselves up off the foot of the table and get a foothold in the game but you know Blackrock had Maeve Liston and Anna Doyle both former Sevens players and um, you know Ella Durkin from Ulster was also there as well and they have the likes of Enya Breen there too they're just incredible Jenny Clapp or sorry um, 
Jackie Shields and Michelle Claffey, also former Irish internationals. You could probably name almost an all-Irish uh, international team at BlackRock. And unfortunately, Ball and Colic just do not have the strength and depth to be able to deal with them. And um, BlackRock ran rampant and just were, were full worth their win. But uh, Fiona Hayes will be really, really struggling to pick up their team after that most recent heavy defeat. But I suppose if they are looking for inspiration... They look at the likes of, of uh, Wicklow and what they're doing there and, and they'd be hoping that they maybe can follow suit in the next year or two as well and say, look, if they can do it and they're in a similar position to us, why can't we? Mm-hmm. And I suppose getting any points on the board, it was nil to 40, I think, a half time, and then they did manage to get over for at least one try. So there is small bits coming through. As you said, they got that try against pretty much a team of international and or interbros players at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that's... Something that I'm sure Fihez has uh, really instilled in that team, that determination, that belief and that drive to keep going no matter what the score is. Uh, Finish the game out and you just keep working on yourself at this point. And to be honest, it was just reward for them to get their try in the end. And it is nice to kind of put a little bit of a gloss on it, I suppose, that you're not held to nil. And I'm sure Railway won't be too happy that they did have their defence breached. But... um, yeah, look, it's baby steps for Ballancolic at this point in time and it's just about trying to regroup and picking one aspect of every game to try and improve on for the next round. Energy have given us all of this merchandise to give away, so if you want to get your hands on it, all you got to do is comment below on this week's episode out on YouTube. And um, We can now take a look back at some of the highlights from the weekend brought to you by Energy. So yeah, just obviously looking at uh, one of the Galwegian tries at the weekend. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough for them, but... You can see Mary Healy here at nine using her forwards really, really effectively to try and, uh, I suppose, use the width as much as possible and constantly keeping Wicklow guessing. And they just keep on pounding, running straight up the middle at the um, Wicklow defence, constantly uh, testing them a little bit. And just a nice tip on pass catches out the Wicklow defenders who are ball watching and don't really see the late runner. And it results in a really, really easy score. And you can see how much it means to Galwegians there. Unfortunately, though, not enough to win the game. We see here, obviously, Railway on the five-meter line decide to go for a quick tap and really, really clever play with a nice switch back into a big ball carrier, Lindsay Pete. It just manages to catch Old Belvedere um, light on the short side. Really, really great feat by Carmen Rodrera, as we said, her sixth try of the season, um, and turns out to be one of those vital scores for Railway in that. Um, and again, a tough loss to take for Old Belvedere. So we've seen there in the highlights Old Belvo playing. Obviously, they didn't get the win, but points on the points leaderboard, it's a Belvo player, Dan O'Brien, you mentioned earlier, right up there at the top, followed by Nicole Fowley at second with 54 points, Emily Murphy-Crow at 50, Maeve Dealey, and then the likes of Bevan Parsons, Eve Doyle, and Bet Roberts up there as well. Any surprises there? No, do you know what, as I said... Um and again, I'm trying to keep my old Belvedere bias out here, but I've been so impressed by Dana O'Brien this year. Not only, obviously, uh, has she been great for kicking over conversions um, and, and penalties for her side, but she's actually chipping in with a couple of uh, tries too. She's got a beautiful uh, dummy solo try uh, against Black Rock a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she was meant to be kicking at goal, and the ball fell off the tee because of the wind, and she just, like, really quick thinking, just took a tap, me to Jenny Murphy and, and was straight through a gap and got her team in the game and I think she's been really instrumental at uh, kind of pulling the strings at 10 you have to remember she's still very very young mm-hmm. she has been capped at international level but I actually think she's only going to really improve and be such an asset for Ireland but 
Uh, she's been great. And, you know, when you're a high-fine, high-scoring team and you're the kicker, um, you know, you're always going to score an awful lot of points or have an opportunity to score an awful lot of points. And that's why we see Nicole Fowley up there too. She's such an important player for Galwegians. She's great off the tee. You know, and they had been doing so well in the early rounds that she's been able to pick up a few points um, along the way there. The rest of the players you can see, they're either the main kickers on the team, the likes of um, Beth Roberts, obviously doing huge things for Wicklow and being a really star player for them. And then you have the likes of the speedsters, Amy mm-hmm. Lee Murphy-Crow getting on the end of things, working her magic. David Parsons the same, you know, Aoife Doyle's in there chipping in with a couple of tries as well. These are the guys who, you know, get on the end of team plays for the likes of Belvedere Railway and Black Rock and, you know, they get opportunities because their team has such quality. And then looking ahead to the next round of fixtures, a very important round. So before we get into who's playing who, what does this next round mean for how the league table stands? So, so this is the, the penultimate round. So we've got two rounds to go before we uh, head into our semi-final and final. And basically we have a battle at the top um, because the top four, play, or top four teams are the ones who get into the semi-finals and into kind of the knockout phase. So... You know, these next couple of fixtures will either cement your place in the top four or, you know, a disastrous result could mean that you actually can't reach the top four at all. And, you know, it's quite tight there at the minute. It's a great battle between Wicklow um, and Galwegians to see who will get that fourth spot. And, you know, don't count UL Bowes out the running just yet. I think they still have a slight chance, but um, top of the table and we have a tasty clash coming up to see who might cement themselves at the top of the leaderboard and get themselves an easier not easy, easier uh, home semi-final. And uh, the big game, I suppose, then for the weekend, Railway Union and Black Rock. How do you think that's going to go? Look, I think it's going to be a tasty and entertaining affair. Uh, hopefully both teams are able to put out really, really strong um, you know, teams that and lineups that have the best quality that the AAL has to show. This is where we show how good the energy at AAL is and the quality of rugby that's on show. I'm really hoping it's good weather. Uh, I haven't checked the forecast yet, but I would hate to see it raining this weekend. But yeah, Railway Black Rock, um, they're both top of the table. This is going to really decide who's going to get that uh, number one home spot and play the fourth place team in uh, the semi-final in a couple of weeks' time. But can't quite call it yet. It's a repeat of last year's Energy AAL final. And Black Rock will be out for a bit of blood after losing uh, in the way they did last year. But... It's always going to be a tasty one. I can't call it who's going to win. I really don't know, but I know both teams will be up for it. And then one that I think will be a, a bonus for Ballincollig in that they have somewhat of a chance against the Tonians. How do you think that will go? Yeah, look, this is an opportunity for Ballincollig. They've nothing to lose at this stage, you know, so they may as well go out and try a few things and, and see can they get some points on the board, first of all, and then could they, you know, get a win at the end of it. So Tonians will come off and... You know, this can go either one of two ways. They can be disappointed with the result of last week and, and use that disappointment and that hurt to turn around and put in a really good performance like I know they're capable of. Or they could still be a bit uncomfortable and licking their wounds a little bit and feeling sorry for themselves and Balancholy could actually catch them uh, at their low point there. I really hope we get a good entertaining game and, you know, my heart would love for Balancholy to get the win, but I just think Satonians have a bit too much quality in them. And you mentioned already that UL Bowes going through a bit of a revival, so it might be a difficult game then for Cook, do you think? Yeah, unfortunately uh, for Cook, you know, they've really struggled this um, 
this season and I don't think that's going to change you know they've picked uh, they're coming up against a team that have just turned a little bit of a corner you know they still have a way to go but UL Bowles will be very happy with their result last week as I said the emergence and the return of Nicole Cronin has done wonders for them and um, yeah I don't think it's going to be an easy week again for them unfortunately. And considering you'll be back in Old Balvo I might back Wicklow <laughs> for the next game Wicklow and Old Balvo obviously there is Old Balvo is probably the better team but how do you think that's going to go especially given Wicklow's win last week well it's a team of you know contrasting weeks and that you know Wicklow are on a three-game win streak and they're flying high you know they'd be fairly confident with trying to retain that fourth spot they'd be willing to have a crack at anybody because we know they play good rugby and they have a good little team behind them you know but Belvedere on the other hand you know they're coming off a two-game uh, loss albeit against the two best teams in the competition, but they would have liked to at least win one of those, if not both. And, you know, so they'll be looking to try and cement their place uh, in third place, maybe even leapfrog Black Rock into second. But um, it could be a tasty one. I still do think Old Belvedere on paper have the quality mm -hmm. um, and the depth and experience there, but Wicklow are high fine and, you know, sport is full of surprises sometimes. So the game to go to next week, which one do you think? Oh, Railway Black Rock, without well, a doubt. And that's hard to say, mm -hmm. being from Old Belvedere, but it's hopefully going to be the most entertaining and the one that shows off the quality of the energy at AAL the most. So starting with the Independent last week, we had Captain Nicola Friday among notable absentees as IRFU confirmed 10-15 contracts taken up. Also from the Indo, we had Women's Rugby strategic plans remain unclear. RTE went with flexibility on non-contract players will help Ireland women. And then from the 42, we had contracts are not a cure-all for Irish women's rugby, but this is a start. So that's what the papers are saying. But talk us through what's happening, I suppose, on the ground. So players have signed contracts and they now are professional athletes here in Ireland. Yeah, look, this is a step forward uh, for women's rugby in Ireland. You know, we're one of the last nations to take up um, some contracts and bring us into that kind of semi-professional era but you know it's not without its teething problems and we've seen this with the contracts that have been offered so um, I think we had 37 people were offered contracts by the RFU and we had 29 of those taken up and um, unfortunately just I suppose with the way the contracts have been offered and some of the kind of um, eligibility side of things with the contract we have some of our best players and our international players playing over in England and some of those have decided that for whatever reason, be that personal or rugby, that they have declined their offers. And unfortunately for us, some of those are our lead, leading and standout players and the likes of Neve Jones, recently voted as Player of the Year, Sam Monaghan, who I think had an incredible year for Irish rugby and, and of course, Captain Nicola Friday turning down um, a contract. All those players play in the UK and... The contract, taking up a contract would have meant they would have had to relocate back to Ireland and play in the energy AAL here, which of course we would have loved to have had them, but a lot of them I think felt morally obligated to stay in the UK with the club they'd signed for. Uh, we do end up having 29 players signed, which is an absolutely great move for, for women's rugby in Ireland. How that's going to pan out, it remains to be seen. Um, and what happens to those players who have turned down a contract offer in terms of their international career? Is the door still open for them? Are they going to be, you know, behind in terms of pecking order or anything else like that? Like how that's all going to work is still a little bit up in the air. And um, to us, looking out, uh, mm -hmm. looking on from the outside, but 
you know, it is a step forward. Hopefully we can really start to improve the standard that we have here and we can start to really compete in, in next year's Six Nations. And um, we have a couple of months, obviously, to kind of get all this flowing. We're only really in the first couple of weeks of this kind of professionalism and this era. So, you know, this won't happen overnight, but um, it is a great stepping stone. But uh, there is a little bit of, I suppose, teething problems that go along with it. And um, we can, certainly can't afford to leave the likes of Sam Monaghan, Nicola Friday and uh, Neve Jones out of our squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it's a work in progress. I and think. who are some of the players that have signed those contracts? So we had uh, a lot of kind of dual players between 7 and 15s, the likes of... Um, Emily Murphy-Crow, Stacey Flood, um, Lucy Mulhall. But then we also have the likes of Maeve O'Goleary has taken up a contract, Catherine Dane, uh, Linda Dugang. They're all a couple of others. Aoife Wafer, I think, has also picked up another. You know, so there's 29 players in all who have. And I don't want to be always focusing on the negative and those who haven't. Those 29 players have now stepped into a new role um, for them that they're able to give themselves every opportunity of being the best player that they can be in the wonderful facilities that we have up in the National Sports Campus. So, you know, it's an incredible opportunity for them. I, I'm sure many of them growing up had dreams that they would be a professional rugby player. And many of them thought it mightn't have been possible. So, you know, for them, it's it's a dream come true. And I really, really hope they can grab that opportunity with both hands and make an Irish jersey theirs and really improve the standard across, across Ireland. So do you think it's fair to say that the 42's headline, you know, it's not a cure-all, but it is a start. Is that a fair assessment of where we're at? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't think we were ever going to fix the problem. Um, you know, I think we were pretty disappointed in the end uh, after last year's Six Nations, you know, particularly that loss to Wales was really, really damning for us. And, um, you know, and, and obviously looking back the last couple of years, we didn't make the, the Rugby World Cup. So we have a way to go to make... Uh, rugby in Ireland uh, for women a much better standard than it is now this is a start and as I said it's not going to be fixed overnight so yeah I think the 42 have got it spot on that it has fixed some problems but we still have a way to go with that forget thank you for tuning in to this episode of the AIL rugby show brought to you in association with Energia think of the possibilities you can catch up on this episode and every episode in the series on YouTube and our social channels or listen to the podcast on every podcast app. Her Sports AAL Rugby Show, brought to you by Energia. Think of the possibilities.